the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Yak Radio, FM 96.1 The Answer. Segment brought to you by San Diego Propane. If you live out in East County and you're looking for propane service, nobody does it better than Dave and his family. Go to st-propane.com. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Or you can just call him direct, 619-460-1705. He calls me up. He goes, hey, propane prices are coming up. Let me come out there and fill your tank before they hit. I said, okay, no problem. I mean, he takes care of me like family, and he will f- for you as well. The only downside, he only covers East County. West Escondido Auto and Transmission, four locations. What's cool about those guys? Napa Auto Care, ASC certified, AAA approved. You get a car worked on here, you head back east, anything goes wrong, covered for three years, 36,000 miles. You cannot beat it. All right, how many people have seen the Cooley Auto Museum? I don't hear anybody saying me. Well, you got to go. This museum is one of the most eclectic museums I've seen in a long time. And we have Carmen with us. Now, are you your Carmen Cooley? Graham. Graham. I forgot the Graham part. It's all right. I didn't write that down. Hubby won't mind. Uh, and what's your title? So, well, I'm a little bit of everything at the museum. Uh, so we are privately owned and privately operated. So um, it's my mom's now. My father passed away. Uh-huh. So, um, but I am basically the director, curator. The, docent, the curator. Oil pan cleaner, tire the trash. <laughs> I might kind of stop with the trash. Yeah, but... I would stop with the trash as well. And how would you explain your museum? Because I I don't have enough time and I always have to sit down. <laughs> it is quite uh, overwhelming if you're first time coming in and visiting. Um, we look very small from the outside. Um, yes. Very unassuming. Um, and we liked it that way. That was my dad's dream. Um, he wanted an unassuming museum and then just wow you when you walk in the door. Right. Um, but yeah. we're, <laughs> we're 10,000 square feet. Um, twenty. Uh, we got 29 cars now because of the DeLorean came in um, and 36 different collections. So although our autos are extensive, I'm 109 years of auto manufacturing. Um, our camera collection is just as overwhelming. Um, so is our train collection, our phonographs. I mean, we have a little bit of something for everyone. It's amazing. The only downside is you only charge $5 to get in. Uh, you know what? We It was our gift to the community. That's um, a gift. You know, we're not trying to be profiting or anything of that sort. It's yeah. just uh, here to let, let people understand and, you know, enjoy history, enjoy educating and, you know, preserving what, you know, everyone that's come before us. And it's your it, it was your da- it was your dad's collection. Was he kind of a collector back in the day? Uh, he's collected his whole life. So uh, we were we weren't very rich. Um, but anytime my dad got two dollars, he would go out and buy at, you know, an Edison or a train or we never took vacations it was always uh really using it towards the to the, towards the collection yeah was well, uh, he always had the museum idea in his mind i mean or because like me you know my house looks like a mini museum you know i mean i'll pick up something like I, I don't know if you've ever seen it but it's the 1930s 
tall radio yep. that opens up into a liquor uh, cabinet. Oh, that's cool. Everyone needs one of those. Well, but unfortunately, I have 12 big, tall radios in the house. Well, you're also an M&M collector, too. I'm an M&M collector, but I told the wife, I said, I have to get this. She yeah. says, fine. Where are you going to put it? I said, oh, yeah, where am I going to put it? Where am oh, I you'll always find it? a spot. I can't find a spot. Oh, yeah. And then, it, then she says the worst thing that anybody should tell me is, well, sell something. Oh, no. And then, you see, I can't do that. Yeah. But that's on my bucket list. Those things are stupid expensive but if you could find one that's complete do you have one no we don't i bet you want one yeah yeah i know oh yeah and it would be stocked oh of course are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but the th- now is yours one story or two story we're one story okay so nothing's downstairs we have a restoration okay so you do have restoration yes so. we don't do it very often right. but it's basically something comes up you have the ability to, to do it yeah and then also it's one of those things that um not every car can fit into because we just have double doors um yeah. so if it doesn't fit in the double doors it doesn't come into the museum um, the DeLorean last week was very interesting. We were literally inches of saying it was too wide, so we weren't going to be able to do it. Wow. Um, but, you know, a little Crisco oil can go a long way yeah, in buttering no up a car. Now, was that, a, was that a donation? That was a donation. So a gentleman who was good friends with my father passed away suddenly. And um, this was his dream car. Um, Her name is the Little Princess. um, And Dave Campbell uh, left it to the museum. He wanted to preserve uh, her history. That is so, so cool. Now, you're not talking about coming through the front doors. Oh, yeah. Everything goes How through the front How do you doors. go through the front doors? What You could barely get through the front door. It must have taken you days just to get an opening for that car to come in. No, it's literally, I have a great team of people that are volunteers. Yeah. And uh, little by little, I mean, literally, we were inches away uh, from another car not being able to fit as well. So wow. um, we're still adding to the collection, even though uh, we're pretty much filled to capacity, but we'll still add. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, if you could do it. Now, uh, Again, don't you even do like little little tours for like kids to come in from schools to walk through and get a tour and get educated? We do. So yeah. um, we're a little different than a lot of museums. A lot of museums tell you don't touch, don't do this, don't do that. Um, we want you to get up close and personal. I mean, right. obviously our 1885 bins, we don't want you to get that close up to it. Um, but like our phonographs, our, we have a telephone booth that's actually my office phone. Um, so we want the kids to get in there and experience it and kind of have a step back in time of, yeah. um, you know, how to, how to work an old Polaroid I was going to say, do you have a contest to say, see if you can dial, this, not dial oh, yeah. this phone? We call it the Millennial Challenge, but even the Millennials are getting a little too old for it. So we got to come up with the next name. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I'm trying to figure out how to get the kids to do my, you know, oil pans and my tires, but I don't think legally I can do that. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. But, you know, but, you know, look at McPherson College, the only the only college in the United States that does has a four year program for auto restoration. Yep. Is that insane or is that just me? It's insane and it's really sad because it's of really sad. What we're finding is happening is that as the older generations are passing away or getting too old, um, the art of auto register, uh, restoration, you know, even tires, um, you know, 
know, the tires that I used to use on my cars, um, it would be like $50, $75. Now the tire companies, because there isn't a lot of demand for it, and um, they're charging us three, $400 for tires now, and that's each tire. One of my cars, um, the 1910 Hunt, that's $1,000 per tire. It's cheaper for me to get modern-day tires than my old car tires. And by the way, folks, if you an old car tire is usually white. Some of them. Yeah. The white ones are the, the primo expensive ones. And, and, and believe it or not, folks, that's the color the tires were mm-hmm. back in the day when they first started putting you know inflatable tires on cars. They were white because that's what rubber is until you dye it black. And, you know, I know it's and there's so much history in your museum. I know I've only been there once and I'm definitely going to come back again because it's it's a museum that you have to visit more than once. Definitely. Well, I've been there for 26 years, uh, you know, day one. And I'm still finding things in there that I had no idea that we owned. We just uncovered a whole collection of telegram and telegraph and uh, a lot of uh, old history. And really? I had no idea it was there. It was just in a box and uh, unpacked it. And we were So just, you're still unpacking. I'm still unpacking. Goodness. Well, folks, you'll totally appreciate it when you go down there. All right, let's take a quick break and we come back. We're going to go a little bit on the negative side. Maybe we can ask for your help uh, to contact the city because what they're trying to do is just absolutely terrible. So we'll talk about that when we come back right here on Yak Radio with Dave Saul on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This is brought to you by South Bay Auto House. If you have a, Mer- a Mercedes Benz and maybe you're looking for an alternative to uh, the dealer, well, South Bay Auto House is really an awesome place to be. 25 years experience plus, they do everything. They repair, they service, they sell uh, pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. They'll buy your trade and probably give you more than the dealer would if you were going to get ready to flip it. Uh, You can buy, like I said, their pre-owned vehicles. Uh, They're down in South Bay. Go to autohousesouthbay.com or take a ride down and talk to Gary or Rick. They're just really, really cool folks, and they their customer service is, is stellar. And when you walk in the door, it's absolutely beautiful. So check them out at South Bay Auto House. That's your Mercedes-Benz service and repair alternative. Also, Bumper Docs A&T, scratches, dings, and dents, chipped windshields, tinted windows. Hey, Santee, uh, right there in Santee Bumper Dock, they love what they do. They even do body repair. They do paint. Just go to SanteeBumperDock.com, SanteeBumperDock.com, or you can call them at 619-258-0433. We're talking to Carmen Cooley. She is the uh, proprietor of Cooley's Auto Museum. Is that the correct yeah, J.A. Cooley, but it's J.A. Cooley. Cooley. I should write that down, but be that as it may. And we were talking a little bit off air, and you know, folks, off air is always a better interview than <laughs> on air. And because I was kind of wondering how your dad got started, and you said he worked for Bill Hara, which was one of the premier auto collectors on the planet. He used to have a museum up in Reno that was a destination. What, what did your dad do? 
So in the 60s, uh, my father went up to Reno and he helped Bill kind of curate, but he was the one that did a lot of the car acquisitions and he would prepare the cars for tours. Uh, yeah, because Bill used to actually you know bring his cars out and they would do drives and tours and all sorts of things. T- uh, ship them over to Europe for Brighton and a few other of the major car tours in Europe. So that was my dad's, uh, his job for a while. Wow. I know I was there in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. And I'll still to this day remember walking in and there was a car transporter full of Ferraris. Yeah. I went, Ooh, what is that? Well, his Duesenberg was one of the, wow. his, his highlight of his collection. But yeah. no, when uh, when Mr. Hara died, uh, we went up there, I believe it was like early 80s, and they were doing their uh, liquidating of his collection. Uh, you and I were discussing the importance of having a trust um, because of he ended up dying interstate, and unfortunately, his collection had to be separated. Right. Um, but when we that was my first experience of going to an auto auction, and my dad let me have the Paddle. Oh, no. how that, old were you then? Oh, I was probably eight, eight or nine years old. You must have had the blast. Oh, it was amazing. It was so awesome. And just, you know, of course. No, don't raise it now. No, put it down. Put it down. <laughs> yes. It didn't last long. No, Dad, this is fun. You know? <laughs> yes, it wasn't a fan. <laughs> yeah, my dad a... wasn't a fan me having it either. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> If I do auctions, I always tell people, don't scratch your hair. Yeah. Don't raise your hand because you will buy something. Oh, yeah. So... Did you guys get anything out of the Hera collection? Uh, not not that time, not directly, not directly, but later in the years we did pick up a Hera car. Did you really? Yeah, his collection was just absolutely uh, stellar. So anyway, so you're having a little bit of a battle with the city. They want to eliminate your parking spaces out front of the museum, along with some other businesses on that same street. So we're on uh, we're one mile north of Balboa Park. Mm-hmm. So um, and we've been on this block for about eighty years. We opened up Frank the Train Man in nineteen forty three. Um, so literally from one corner to the other corner, eighty yeah. years we've covered it. And uh, the city decided several years ago that they wanted to put in bike lanes. Um, and it's really you know we're not against bike lanes whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, they are needed. But our area of Park Boulevard, even our historic University Heights sign, says Park Boulevard Business District. So they took out 88 parking spaces, um, as well as they took out all of our loading docks. So how do you have deliveries coming to your businesses without loading zones? Wow. Um, the handicapped parking um, and this is a neighborhood that services over 30% seniors. Mm. They took out most of our handicapped parking, and the ones that are there are unsafe. Um, and unfortunately, they're going to be doing the same thing to Balboa Park, Park Boulevard. So they're going to take out 340 parking spaces on Park Boulevard. And then they want their suggestion is let's start charging for parking in Balboa Park. So it's not so much like I said. I mean, it's devastating to the businesses. Uh, they did they did this on 30th Street a couple years ago, and there's lawsuits tying it up. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is there's no communication, the transparency with the city. Um, Todd just basically point blank said he's going to do it, and he doesn't care what the community planning group's um, suggestions are. Right. Um, we've hired a civil engineer to come out and try to come up with a compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to compromise. But we he doesn't work. care. They refuse. I mean, hundreds of emails, and I've got one email uh, back, and that was my very first email. Wow. So no response. Uh, we have a petition, savepartboulevard.org. 
Um, and so people can help. You know what? Right now, it's just uh, letting the city know that we're tired of the lack of transparency in the communication. And, you know, the strong arm mayor isn't really working for the communities. I believe most communities are now having issues either being forced with bike lanes, uh, overbuilding, ADUs, no parking. Mm. Um, you know, it's the homelessness is a huge issue. And he's more concerned with bike lanes than he is with finding real solutions. And that is just absolutely insane. And, I mean, have, have you lost your parking spaces yet? We have. So we, ha- we went from 12 down to 6. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have 12 businesses, 13 businesses on a block, and all of them depend on parking, um, it's been two weeks, and guess what? I haven't seen one bicyclist come in and buy a, a clock yeah. or take his dog into a dog groomer. Right, and have you even seen any bicycles ride by? There's a few, but not too many, and the ones that have come by, um, it's funny, but a couple of them have stopped and signed the petition um, because the bike lanes are unsafe, and they realize it. Right. It's poor construction. I wouldn't ride a bicycle around that area. I mean, because that's a screwy intersection to begin with, El Cajon and Park, and mm-hmm. you know, people don't know how to go left down to Washington or get a... I mean, it's just, it's just a really messy, messy area. It's a very dangerous intersection. We're also the major artery going to the hospitals. So you got ambulances and fire trucks whisking by you. Um, But it's just a really poor design. And it could have, there's no signage. So no one knows what's going on. Um, So yesterday we had a lady that hit a parked car and she ended up going into the bike lane because she thought it was a turning lane. Um, and so it's just, it's an accident waiting to happen wow. and it's just poorly designed. It could have been completely done differently. Um, but to take business parking away from businesses, um, and you know, yes, the plans were done 10 years ago, but we've also had COVID yeah. we've had businesses are trying to come back. Right. We're celebrating that we survived and now we're struggling again. Yeah. Um, I've already had one tour cancel on me. Um, because of the lack of parking. Yeah, well, how are you going to get anybody there? And, you know, you mentioned, yes, we do do tours. I do a lot of tours for seniors, actually. Mm-hmm. We love to get our community, senior communities coming out. Um, we do some school tours, but they usually like to bring big buses. Sure. I don't have access for buses anymore because of there's uh, they would have to park in the middle of the street. Well, it's a good thing I'm not in charge because we'd be parking in the street, turn on the flashers, and deal with it. You're seeing that some. I mean, we the, we had a semi-truck last week having to make a delivery, and they ended up blocking two lanes of traffic. Sure. And so the MTS bus was probably 20, 15 minutes behind in schedule. Cars, I mean, it was it's making people angry. Well, and honestly, we need to not be angry. We need to come together as a community. Right. But Todd and his people have decided to just tear us apart more. I'd sure like to dig into that and find out what the reason is. It's, it's because of he wants to... The major organizations behind the bike lane, Circulate uh, San Diego and San Diego Bike Coalition, um, their major uh, backers and donors are developers. So as long as there's a bike lane, Mm -hmm. then you don't have to put in the amount of parking. So we have 400 units going on one block. 
and that's only going to have 125 spaces. We have 200 units on another side of us, and that's going to have less than 100 spaces. What's going over in that used to be an independent Volvo shop? Oh, that's the that's the Winslow. Um, and so, yes, that's 400 and something units. They're putting apartments in there? Oh, yeah. And it didn't thing, have parking before. Exactly. Where are they going to park these people? Uh, well, they're expecting everyone to be on a bicycle. Really? And, I mean, I'm sorry, but my mother's 78 years old. I'm not going to get her on a bike, nor no. do we want to see her on a bicycle. No. So they're putting a park. I was Because I used to know those guys really well. Lucy's. I can't think of their name. Yep. Lucy's. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to send people to him one day. He called me up and said, why do you send people to me? I said, because you, you do a good job for the customer and you did a good job for the community. Mm-hmm. Yep. He goes, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I do that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just. It's just mind-boggling. So I'm more concerned about, I mean, yes, obviously our area, it's already come in. We're going to end up probably filing a lawsuit, looking for an attorney. So if there's any attorneys out there that do land use, please call me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the other thing is, is I'm more concerned with the fact that they're going to try to ruin Balboa Park and hurt those museums as well. And, you know, once again, the people of San Diego should have a voice when it comes to our properties yeah. and our property. It doesn't belong to for. Gloria. Nope. It's not his to do as he sees fit with all of his. See, now, now you got me all upset in this hour. <laughs> I always get upset in the first hour because they're trying to close. You ever been to Pismo Beach? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can't go there anymore. Yeah. You know, because developers, yeah. Yeah. Shea Homes, bought, built all these fancy homes. And there were 60 eucalyptus trees blocking the ocean view. Yep. So that the people that bought the homes, they get get rid of all those trees. So they did. Well, guess what? Now the sand blows. So they blamed it on the off-road community. Yeah. Then COVID hit. Nobody was allowed to go off-roading. And guess what? The sand still blows. Yeah, I know. See, so, so now you get me all upset on this hour too. But no, I'm, so anything that so where can they go to sign and, and, and for petitions or where the petition is at Save Park Boulevard BLVD dot org. Okay, um, you know you can contact the mayor's office, but he's not listening to us. Um, I've even contacted the city attorney's office because these plans are severely flawed and it's going to be a very bad accident, hopefully not worse. Um, And, you know, they know and there's ways of fixing it, but they're not taking those precautions. Isn't that something? It's sad. Well, you know, as a fourth generation San Diegan, I'm passionate about my neighborhood. Well, sure you are. And and. and, and it's not like, see, here's the thing. It's not like you're making millions of dollars off the museum. No, not at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a sneaky feeling it's a reverse. So when you're trying to provide a service to the public and the city stomps on you for doing that, just not good. All right, let's take a quick break. This is Yak Radio with Dave Stahl, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl on FM 961 AM 1170. The Game. The Answer. Oh, The Answer. What'd you say? The Game? The Game. The Game. That's because you answer. were at Viejas last night. That's your problem. <laughs> Still the, seeing slot machines. Yeah, right. 
talk to me, talk to me. Hey, this segment's brought to you by San Diego Gear and Axle. You got an undercarriage issue? Nobody does it better than Steve. I'm telling you, front-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, error. He just does it all. Go to sdgearaxle.com, sdgearaxle.com. All right, we're talking with Carmen Cooley. She is the proprietor. She does it all at the uh, Cooley Museum up on Park Boulevard. We were discussing the fact that the city has taken away the majority of the parking spaces, not just for her business, but the other 11 businesses on the street and for bike you know, bike uh, lanes, which is fine, but that's not a place that you want to ride your bike. I'm telling you, it's pretty, it's pretty hairy because the signage for the, for directions is not good. So, but anyway, let's go back to the museum. Now, I didn't know, is your dad Frank? So no, Frank. Frank the train man. Was my dad's best friend. And that was across the street in that kind of odd triangulated building looks like a train actually looks like a train actually yeah i know and so that okay so that was your dad's best friend so that was, so that was my dad's best friend they went way back uh from like high school and so uh 1982 frank ended up getting ill and uh, my dad and him would do lunch every tuesday and so literally overnight frank asked my dad you know i can't do this anymore would you consider taking over uh the train shop and literally a week later, two weeks later, my dad became Frank the Train Man. Yeah. Um, and so we did. We've been doing Frank the Train Man since 1982. Wow. Now, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you sell trains and you sell out of that collection? Uh, we have the Frank the Train Man is our retail store. Okay, it is so retail. It is retail. And I understand, was it Shotgun Tom? Oh, yeah. That's one of your customers? Shotgun's been in quite a few times, and uh, he actually did a fundraiser with us recently, uh, a couple years back for... Because he has quite a train collection himself. He has a great train collection. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Jack White, he used to be, uh, he was a really good friend of my father. Oh, Jack White? They used to own a train, he used to own a train shop as well. So, oh, yeah. So if you really want to get the history of trains, and you've got all scales, I'm I'm assuming... We carry all sizes, all scales, um, new, used. Mm-hmm. Um, parts, we, pieces. Some, not too much parts and pieces because of, uh, unfortunately, just like automobiles, it's very hard to get them fixed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, some So of you the can't items, give up. You can't give up the parts and pieces. Exactly. Now you gotta be, yeah, you can't replicate them, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I When I walked in there, I went, whoa, look at this. I mean, it was amazing. And it's a pretty good section of the museum. It's a nice size of our nice location. Right. Um, But yeah, no, and we're uh, always getting new stock in. Once again, uh, people are donating a lot of their collections to us, and uh, we still buy some as well. Well, see, this is what I tell people. You know, if you've got somebody in the family that was a collector, instead of putting it out on the market and trying trying to sell it all yourself, just donate it to a museum. If you donate it to a museum, you can donate it in your dad's name, your uncle's name, your wife's name, or your mother's name. And, you know, usually a museum that takes it will honor that and and let people know that this belonged to somebody that lives here in San Diego, yada, yada, yada. Yes, we do that a lot. Yeah. 
So, and then now you said you had trains. Now you also have cameras. So we probably had the largest camera collection west of the Mississippi. I have cameras on my shelf that even Kodak is calling me and saying, uh, can we have it? I'm like, I don't even know which camera you're talking about. And because <laughs> I got over 3,000 of them on a shelf. <laughs> no kidding. So yeah, so our camera collection's pretty extensive. Yeah, that's another one of my, my diseases is cameras. They're really cool. I've only got probably... 40 to 50 of that. I got some for you. You Oh, I'm sure. And you sell them? (laughs) No, we don't, but I still have... Good. uh, I have 3,000 on the shelf, and I probably still have another... Thousand to two thousand in boxes that we just didn't have room for. Really? So yes. Yeah, I've all of a sudden gotten into uh, uh, movie projectors. Oh, very cool. Yeah, the old home movie projectors. We got got a few of those. Yeah, I got a couple of those, and then yeah, got to get them working though. Yeah, you know, in a way, you're you're absolutely correct. I I do, but sometimes you have to be careful. Because to restore it, if you're thinking of ever reselling it, the restoration could be more than what the unit's worth, right? Generally, that's the that's the, the that's rule a, of thumb. Yeah, it's the rule of thumb. And then the other thing is, is you really don't want to restore. Uh, we try to keep everything original it's, as possible. It's only old once. Yeah. yeah and, you know, restorations normally will, I mean, unless you're talking a classic Corvette or yeah, a, yeah, a Mustang yeah, yeah. or whatnot. But when you're coming to antiques, you wanted to keep them original. Well, I had a really old turntable that was mine from when I was a kid. And so I wanted to take it in. And I found this shop. I won't mention their name because I will not give them any publicity. But I took it in. And to fix it, they they fixed it. But then they took a felt pen and scraped all of the, you know, Aww. the 33, the 45, and the 78, same. and wrote it in with a felt pen. Oh, no, that's wrong. I was, I haven't turned it on. After, I, I paid for it. I took it out. I've never used it. It's just, you, no. yeah, so you can't do that. And you and, have to be careful who you hire. Oh, that. I mean, really and truly, especially if there are heirlooms and whatnot, you want to make sure that you got yes. an expert. Well, like I was telling you about all the radios that I have, the tall ones, and I have the cathedrals, and I have the, nice. you know, the I, I mean, and everybody says, do they work? Do they work? I go, no, they don't work. Because when you get into r- tube radios, mm-hmm. and what is with these people and their knobs? Do yeah. they just take all the knobs off these radios and throw them away? I mean, that's what makes me absolutely insane. And then when you look at a knob for an RCA, mm-hmm. 1930s, it's like $35, $40 for a knob. Yeah. And then I got it, and it wasn't the right knob. Oh. But that's another story. So I get these old radios mainly for the for the craftsmanship. Oh, beautiful pieces ah. of art. And then that's the thing. What most people don't realize that, like the old Edison's radios, even cameras, they're pieces of art because the craftsmanship and the design and the the carvings, it's all so specialized. And even if they did work, they're not that great a sound. I mean, if you're used to a really nice... You know, sound system. Hey, you always can get AM. You might not be able to get FM. No, you're you not getting get it. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> Did you know the car manufacturers are starting to drop AM out of their cars? That's wrong. That is so wrong. I mean, we're on an AM station. But yeah, so I'm, and and I don't know, you might think I'm crazy, but. Couple, well, I do, but that's a whole other that's story. That's good. But I bought a radio and it was just really, it had been in this guy's barn. for. So I just, you know, knocked all the dust off it. You would think I went in there and restored it. It did it all by itself. Almost all my radios have just like restored themselves without putting any any wood cleaner or anything on it. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, but no, I love, I love, I love the, I I just, 
I do. I mean, do you have any of those types of radios? We have a few. We have quite a, uh, probably about a dozen or so radios in there. Uh, I might have more than you. You probably do. I'll have to bring you to Alpine and let you oogle a little bit. I know you don't have those <laughs> M&M guys. No. We yeah. have a we have a Coca-Cola collection, but not an M&M. For some reason, I didn't get into Coca-Cola. I don't know what it is. Maybe because everybody was into like Coca-Cola. I would probably do 7-Up or I'd probably do We something. have some 7-Ups as well, especially like the 1978 uh, All-Star Game oh. bottles. Oh, do you? Yeah. Still has still has a 7-Up in there. And we're like, should we pop it open? No. And we're like, yeah, can't. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I did. I, I'm a big Earnhardt fan. Oh, I have, yeah. I have a, a shrine. And I think I've got four or five Coca-Cola Earnhardt bottles. You know, I've got all the cereal Wheaties boxes. And, but, you know, people look at me like, why, you know, why do you do this? And I said, tell me you didn't smile the minute you walked in my house. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did. I said, something in my house either hit a chord from back when you were a kid. This is a great story. So my memory's not good. So I collect all these little M&M dispensers, you know, and you pull on the arm or you push the chair or you push the button or whatever. And so I've got about 20, 25 of those. This little guy comes in. He's like six years old. And he's looking at all of them I have on a table and went right directly to this roller coaster one where the two yeah. guys are in the roller coaster and you pull the whole coaster down, the candy drops out of the box. He looked at that, grabbed it, and wouldn't put it down. Uh-oh. So I went... You had to wrestle a little kid for your... No, 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 no. I remembered that I'd inadvertently bought another one, even forgetting (laughs) that I already had one. So I told him, I says, it's yours. You can have it. He sleeps with it. He eats all his meals with it. He does his homework with it. He will not put that thing down. Won't put any candy in it, but there's something about that connection between him and that roller coaster. And I'm sure you see that when people come into the museum. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting because of, like I said, we have 36 different collections, and we'll get people going, gravitating. We have leather postcards. And all of a sudden, you have a leather postcard collection. We have a leather postcard collection. Okay, so let's try this. We got cars, we got trains, we got radios, we got postcards, uh, irons, like an iron iron, yeah, iron irons. Okay. Um, and you know, I give it to the women and men back then, taking a twenty-pound iron, putting it on a hot stove to heat it up, and then touching right. my clothes. Yep, not going to happen. No. Uh, but uh, you know. Life was a lot harder back then, and it was a lot simpler as well. Absolutely. And all of that stuff lasted forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of our stuff, we have it from like early early to mid-1800s. No um, our baby buggy collection, we have some really early baby buggies. Wow. Um, but uh, it's just interesting because, like I said, we have um, our, our original war posters, Oh, and really? it's just interesting to see, you know, they're talking about stocks and bonds and whatnot. And now I'm like, well, 100 years later, 122 years later, and we're still talking about stocks and bonds. Isn't that the darndest <laughs> thing? Well, and, and, I, and again, doesn't history repeat itself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, whether it's a car or what it is. The only downside is if you go buy a washing machine today, it might last you six years if you're lucky. Why? Because it's made in China. You know, and they're not designed to last. You buy a washing machine back in the 50s, that thing will still work today, you know, if you've maintained it. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, and that's kind of what our 
um, our focus on at the museum now is to educate you about not so much just, you know, here's a car, but Mm -hmm. the evolution of the car and to give you the background of the stories of the of their manufacturers, because right. um, most of these gentlemen, and I'm sorry to say, but it was gentlemen, yeah. most of the men that, uh, there were hundreds of car manufacturers back in the early 1900s, right. and most of them were not even meant to be manufa- car manufacturers. No. They were scientists, they were engineers. Or they were They're, buggy, they were buggy, they built horse buggies, and buggies, horse and buggies, and they had to try, they, they had to go with the flow, kind of like we're trying to get rid of the gas automobile. They wanted to get rid of horses, horse-drawn uh, you know, vehicles. So all of the companies that had anything to do with horse-drawn yeah. propulsion had to convert. Yes. And all of the different car manufacturers in all the different states. And unfortunately, you know, when 1932 arrived and the Big Depression hit, it wiped out the majority of them. But when you look at a vehicle that was built in the t- 1900s, the 20s, the 30s, there was no computers. It was all hand done. I mean, each car individually. Yes, Henry Ford figured out how to do the assembly line. I give him that. But if you get off into the Duesenbergs oh, and yeah. the Cords and you know, and some of the other, like you and I chatted, I was up at the uh, Fountainhead Museum. Great museum. There's cars there I've never even, and I'm a car guy. There were cars there I have never even heard of. The Buck? Yep. I've never heard of a Buck before. And when you look at it, I mean, it's. It, it's so meticulously done. I even told uh, Willie, and we'll have his interview, by the way, at 2 o'clock. I said, these cars look better than the day they rolled off you know, the showroom floor. Well, we try to keep them in good shape. <laughs> you try to keep them in good shape. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, one more segment with Carmen right here on Yak Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Yak Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, this segment is brought to you by John's Automotive Import Repair, 744 D7 University Avenue. John is also a Napa Auto Care ASC certified master technician. Man, I tell you, you want to get your car done right, take it up to John's. He's got two locations. Go to John's with an S, San Diego Auto dot. He's also big on the Boys and Girls Club in East County. He started with one. Now he's got two, and I think he's picked up a third one. So if there's anything you can do to help him with the kids, he'll be deeply appreciated. we got Carmen Cooley in the house. Carmen uh, runs a museum along with the best staff you could ever ask for, volunteer. Uh, It's a museum with, what, 32 different collections, I think we were talking about? 36. 36. 36, and you just gave me another one, so it'll be 37 by next week. What's that? I don't know. Maybe M&M's. Oh, you're not getting my M&M's. <laughs> I might donate them to you, though. You know, because I, I can't sell. But we have we got to do a candy collection. Yeah, I can't sell. It just makes me crazy to sell. Yeah, that was my father's problem. Yeah, okay. Your <laughs> dad now we own a museum. <laughs> we must have been kindred spirits. Yeah, I know. Well, I could probably do a museum. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. So... With that many collections, and, and folks, it all started with, with a man with a vision, and he he just loved history, I would guess, the best way to say it. He was a big history buff, and he loved history, and also we, he was just as passionate about San Diego, so a lot of our collection has, uh, its roots are in San Diego. Mm. So we have like Helen Copley's uh, grandmother's Cadillac. We have uh, Marvin K. Brown's original Cadillac. Um, So most of our cars, we actually know the history of them. So we can go back to 
um, you know, who was the original owner. Well, talk and- about the Buick that ran up and down I-15 with, what, were they electric? Yes. So <laughs> XP2000, um, it's a concept car. What most people don't realize, most concept cars, once they have their use, uh, they are dismantled and thrown away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Buick was nice enough to let us have the XP2000. Um, just due to the fact that it did serve such an important um, role in San Diego automotive. Uh, so on the highway, HOV lanes on the 15, there are bars in there so that you can have self-driving, self-automated vehicles and buses, too. And this was back in what year? Uh, 96, 96 is when they the car was manufactured in 94. Right. There was about 10 of them made, right. two in existence still. One's at Disney one. World and we have the other one. Wow. Even General Motors didn't realize we had it because we had a General Motors executive come in recently, hey. and he wanted to check out one of our Cadillacs, and uh, he ended up seeing that and goes, how'd you get that? And told him the story, and he's like, oh, good. I'm glad it's still on display. And yeah. So, uh, But long before Google, Tesla, all these uh, bins and the self-driving and self-parking, uh, General Motors had it back in 1994. Yeah, I know. Well, it's funny you say that because General Motors gave me an EV1 mm-hmm. back in 95 for a month. Oh, fine. And I'll tell you what. Having an electric, okay, it wasn't the most sophisticated car on the planet, but I never had to go to the gas station. I commuted from Escondido to Oceanside. I never had to pay for anything. Charging was free. The dealers out. Yeah, so that's great. Well, and and that's what's unique about your your museum. And each collection has a has its own interesting story that's connected to San Diego, right? Not all of it, San Diego. Well, but, I know, bet a big a chunk lot, of it. A big it. chunk of it. A big chunk of it's about San Diego and just uh, celebrating, you know, we were, we've always been one of those cities that, you know, had one of the first cars, you know, pr- uh, phonographs mm-hmm. or even just our history in San Diego neighborhoods. Um, we try to do some features on that as well. Sure. How about TV? You got the first TV? Don't have any TVs. For that, you would have to go up to Deer Park. It's a- and now that's another, you know, family museum. I mean, they were so into convertibles. Yes. And then, of course, upstairs, they have all of the, the, the home... The washing machines and the televisions and, yep. Furniture and just... So we go up to about 1936, except for the 94... Yeah, uh, XP. You know, XP. Um, so we go up to about 1930s. And then Deer Park pretty much picks up. They have a couple early cars, but for the most part, they pick up from the 1930s to about the 60s. Um, And so it's kind of interesting because if you visit both museums, uh, you get to see really the evolution of the automobile. And it's interesting about Deer Park. I mean, they were, it was another one where the family, you know, Mm -hmm. passed away and the sons or the kids took it over. Yes. Didn't really do anything with it. And then all of a sudden they did. And then they got hit with a, uh, a wine disease in their vineyard. And that kind of dented it a little bit. But they never never faltered on the collection. And I think they're, they were coming back. Then COVID hit. They're they're uh, doing a little remodeling currently, from what, what I understand. What, is that what they're um, doing? But they're still open. And they're... Um, so yeah, like I said, it's we like to support other museums. We yeah. love to support our community. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's just an interesting evolution. And they have a great collection. And you know, cars and wine. How can you not? How could you not? Hello, but yeah. So that's you know, and that's a, you're right. So that's a, that's another great museum. But 
I truly believe yours is probably the best kept secret in San Diego County. We are known as San Diego's hidden gem. Yeah, and we need to work on getting that resolved. Come, you know, so you're more than welcome to come back. Thank you. Because uh, I mean, let's face it, we just barely scratched the surface. <laughs> well, you make it very easy. We can talk for hours, Dave. I'm well, sure. Yeah. Well, you're a car girl. Yes, you I know? am. And and your lovely mom is still with us. How old is she now? Uh, she's 78. She'll she's having a birthday next month. Um, she was a brain aneurysm survivor. So um, technically, I call her 10 years old now because of uh, it was 10 years ago that we almost lost her. Uh, so every day, every day in the museum is a gift. When's your birthday? Uh, hers is July 16th. Because yeah, mine's August 10th. Uh, yeah. So her and I are kind of Leos to a certain degree. She might be just... I think she's a cancer. Yeah, she's just short of it. Yeah, but that's but. okay. I'll still accept her. <laughs> but yeah, so and then she's there every day, right? Every day. And uh, it's a treat if you ever come in and oh, she actually a, gives a tour. Uh, she doesn't do it very often, but yeah. she'll get up and start doing a tour every now and then. Yeah. And uh, to hear her stories about uh, collecting and the acquisitions of some of the cars. Uh, we have a car that she'll tell you a story. of. She asked my father to buy her a modern day car and he bought her an antique car and she wasn't very happy, but she got over it. <laughs> yep. They always do. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of like my wife. She's David, we can't get another radio but you know what it might look good right there if you put it right there. oh yeah so and that and that is such cool and folks i mean we're talking five dollars okay put 20 in don't just put five put a 20 dollar bill in the bucket <laughs> i mean and that's how you get in they don't even do tickets and make a big deal out of it right no and you know we're we're old school we're as old school as it gets so we don't have tickets um our Didn't you say presence, your phone is in a phone booth i my office phone is a 1920s phone booth <laughs> Uh, thanks, Dad. Um, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's rotary, so I have to get a little workout when I make need to call out. Well, that's because you got a good figure, but it still works. Exactly. Funny thing. Still works. Yeah. So, but uh, and then we only take cash. So, right. Because um, credit cards didn't come in existence until 1955. And I wouldn't do it anyway. You know, just do the cash. Why pay somebody else to, you know, and then they need to know it. And knowing you, if they don't have the money, you'll reach into the pot and hand it to them and they'll turn around and put it back. Exactly. But I bet you they come back and pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, do you hold events there? We do have some events um, because of we're pretty much at capacity now. Mm-hmm. It's smaller events now. Sure. Um, but we do host events and private parties. Like a birthday or something. Some birthdays. We've done a few birthday parties. Um, we actually had a wedding, uh, not a wedding reception, but a rehearsal dinner. Um, so we get some weird requests every now and then. Um, we do have uh, some families that come in and want their children's birthday parties there. Um, and mostly because of the trains. Yeah. Um, so oh. we, we get some weird requests every now and then. Yeah. And yeah. we uh, do a lot of networking events, too. Right. Well, we got to start getting you down to KUSI. You know, you don't have to take anything out of the museum. We have some cars outside of the museum. That I we was going to say, you only got a two-inch margin to get these things in and out. But periodically, we ought to just bring maybe one down to Sandy, to KUSI, promote it. Because the more you prom- promote it, the more 
more people will come and the better chance you'll get donations. You'll get people to understand when something, you know, if the city comes after you, you'll have a stronger group of people that will fight on your side. Oh, fighting is a big thing. Fighting is a big thing. And we appreciate the people that are coming in now and they are getting used to the new parking situation and we appreciate their patience and for them supporting us still. Yeah, and some of it you got to do a little bit of a walk. You know, you just park down on El Cajon Boulevard or wherever behind on the back streets. You just have to you know, hoof your way back up. Takes a little patience. Yeah, but it's worth every bit of it. Thank you. All right. So what's the website? Uh, com. Okay. And you can get on the mailing list, I'm sure. Uh, we don't really do much of a mailing list. Uh, so we're still you're so old school we are old school we are I'm picking surpri- up the phone and i'm calling. surprised you got a website <laughs> it took us a while yeah. believe it or not <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it did but folks if you have any collectibles or something that maybe someone's passed away in the family that has all this stuff and you really don't want to deal with it you know by trying to sell it outright donate it are you a 501c we are a 501c so there you go folks so you could even write that off as a as a deduction on your taxes always check with your tax guy or girl first but you know the coolies will will know exactly what to do with it if not they know other museums that would appreciate it yes definitely we've been trying to uh rehome a piano right now a pump organ so uh calling other museums and calling around you sure you don't want this exactly (laughs) it doesn't weigh anything (laughs) it might weigh just a little just a little bit you'll need a big truck now with it with a Tommy gate on the back exactly. to get it out of here. Well, no, then you go to a, a, a piano company, a mover, and say, hey, can we get you to donate the move for these nice people? Exactly. Well, and it's, it's just preserving history. All right. We'll find a way. All right. Carmen, this is the beginning of a, a long relationship. We're going to do this a lot more. All right, folks, you're listening to Yak Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 